Coach, you have said uh, that you're not big on making announcements to the team about various things. Does that also pertain to a season-ending injury to your franchise quarterback? You know, by the time I walk in the room, that information has already worked its way around the room, and such is the case in most big instances where we have something to talk about. So that's what I mean when I say uh, very rarely do I make announcements. Um, that information is already out when I walk in a room. So more than anything, I, I address the ramifications of such information. Um, and that's what I did in the instance of the injury to Ben. Uh, I didn't necessarily talk about the injury to Ben or make an announcement relative to the injury of Ben, but I talked about how do we move forward, how do we meet the standard of expectation, how do we get this train rolling. Without going into details about what you said specifically, um, what was the tone or the substance of that message? The tone is team uh, is just that, is team. Uh, we didn't call a press conference when Rosie Nix went down the other week and we somebody else had to play uh, L3 on kickoff or somebody else had to play uh, left slot on punt team. No, the men that were responsible for meeting that standard stepped in and played with little fanfare. There's a little bit more fanfare with the quarterback position. I understand that. But none of that is any different uh, from, uh, from the inner workings of our group and what we expect from Mason and how we'll support him and the standard of expectations for us collectively. Um, we anticipate and expect to win this football game. We expect Mason to play winning football just like we expect expect a guy to replace Rosie Nix on punt uh, to play winning football. We're not anticipating punts getting blocked and so forth and so on. Uh, I work hard to, to make sure that they understand that from a mentality standpoint, the quarterback position is different than no other. Although outside of our group, um, respectfully, the position garners a certain amount of attention. Uh, because of the nature of the quarterback position in the NFL, what are some of the things that go into preparing uh, the backup or someone else to step in and start there as opposed to, as you mentioned, L3 on kickoff or a guard or safety or some other position? The significant element of it, I think, is just that if you're a backup in other positions, you get opportunities to play football. And in playing football, you gain comfort and, and you grow. Um, if you're a backup linebacker, you cover kicks, you're playing football week in and week out. Uh, same thing, even if an offensive player, you're a backup running back. Benny Snell has played a lot of football before that first 23-yard carry last week. He had covered punts and kicks and it been involved in the game itself. I think the difficult element of it at the quarterback position is um, you don't play until you play. And so there's probably some um, some nerves and things that get over in terms of being on the field that other positional groups don't deal with. What have you seen from Mason Rudolph, or what about him makes you believe he will be ready for this once the ball's on the tee today? You know, uh, quarterbacks aren't made. They're born. Um, he's a quarterback. Um, how he walks around the building since the day we drafted him indicates that how he goes about his business a little bit different maybe than other positions, a certain professional flair to it. Uh, a respect for the game and the position that he plays is on display all the time. And, and I think that's what uh, provides comfort for us in terms of being able to anticipate the quality of his performance, although uh, we're not seeking comfort. What specific areas have you found the team to be lacking in losing the first two games of this season? We warming up to possession downs on offense. You can't do that. Uh, you don't establish any rhythm. Uh, you allow your opponent maybe even to get out in front of you, uh, as was the case week one. It wasn't the case week two because we started fast defensively. But we we got to win possession downs much sooner in games, man. Three and outs, 
Um, doesn't allow us to establish rhythm. Doesn't allow us to wear down our opposing defense. Doesn't allow us the, the, the required number of snaps to, to find rhythm and get our run game going. We got to convert possession downs, and then we'll see what type of run football outfit we have and be able to play a game from that position as opposed to the positions that we've played from in the first weeks because we hadn't won those possession downs. And on defense, we, we, we cannot give up big plays, and we got to play better in sudden change football. Uh, there were two instances last week. Uh, we got off the field. We forced a field goal. We got a penalty on teams. Um, we had to go back on the field. We gave up seven points. The first possession of the third of the third quarter, uh, we turned the ball over, put them on the short field. We gave up a touchdown. Um, part of playing great defense uh, and part of playing good team football is supporting one another. Uh, defensively, we didn't do a good enough job of supporting the other units when placed on the short field last week. Those are two real areas. I did like what I saw from the offense in terms of uh, being able to score when given a short field, uh, but it's the same same thing. If you're really going to win that area of situational play, the defense has got to do a better job. Uh, how do you handle a situation like the one with Dante Moncrief where you have a veteran receiver who seems to have lost the basic ability to catch the ball? I mean, you work with him, demote him, bench him, cut him, what? You know, all of the above are, are, is on the table, to be quite honest with you. Um, if we're talking to receivers about catching the ball, what are we talking about? Um, that, that's just a requirement of the job. It's like talking to a linebacker about tackling. You know, um, it just it's the essence of the position. And um, people go through tough times at times. Sometimes you're afforded an opportunity uh, to give them an opportunity to recover, whether it's in-game or in practice like setting. Sometimes you have to move on. Um, it's just the nature of the business. Um, He's been able to continue to be a part of us. He's working hard at practice, obviously, to get his mojo back. But in meanwhile, in the meanwhile, we've got expectations to meet and plays to make. And so we're going with the guys who are consistently making them. Okay, this week also included a trade in which the team acquired Minka Fitzpatrick. What did you learn about him both as a player and as an individual during the pro days you attended down in Alabama? You know, first of all, I just had an opportunity to really have an appreciation for his game. Uh, when you go to two pro days, there's a lot of downtime and there's a lot of opportunity in a facility like Alabama's to grab film and, and, and really watch a lot of tape. Man, I probably saw eight or nine of the games that he played his last year at Bama. And so the quality of the player, first and foremost. Uh, but also just spending two days there, you get a chance to see how the level of respect that his teammates and coaches have for him, not only as a player but as a young man, uh, the seriousness that he – that he takes his participation in this game, the level of professionalism that he has in terms of preparation, all of those things, his football character being on display, all of those things were really attractive. And really, over the course of the two visits, it it, it really became clear to me that because of those things, we would have no opportunity to draft them in our in our draft position. And so we 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 did further study on the class, and and that's how we ended up uh, with Edmonds. Uh, out of Virginia Tech because we, we knew that uh, Minka would be off the board. With respect to Minka, what kind of things can you learn talking to his teammates? You know, I don't necessarily know that I talk directly to his teammates about him. I just think when you're in their setting at their facilities, you watch their interactions, you watch them support one another. You watch the attentiveness of the other guys when the DBs are going through their individual drills and offense alignment really engaged in supporting them. I think it speaks to the level of respect that his teammates have for him and the ways that they supported him 
when he was going through his drill work and his pro days. And if you go to a, a lot of pro days like we all do in this business, you learn to to see the clues that, that indicate a high level of respect uh, for teammates and peers. Nick Saban, his head coach at Alabama, called him, quote, the best leader I ever coached, unquote. Uh, in your experience with college coaches, can you take a statement like that one literally, or is that a college coach pumping up one of his guys? It depends on the college coach. And and the fact that that statement came from Coach Saban says it all. He's not a guy that throws around compliments um, freely, to be quite honest with you. He's a he's a guy that says less. And so the fact that, that he holds him in that regard and, and was bold enough to state it, uh, says a lot. Uh, we talked earlier about getting a backup quarterback ready to play. Um, can you take me through the process of getting a completely new player, a guy from another team, ready to play in one week? You know, these guys have played a lot of football. Um, when they, by the time they get to this level, um, they've they've done it all before at some level. And a lot of times, it's just it's language. Is what do you call that? Okay, I'm familiar with that as this, and now I just have to learn the language. So they're not learning the the action. They're not learning the alignment. They're not learning the line of vision in terms of the visual keys. They're really just simply learning environmentally what we call it. And so um, the learning process isn't as daunting as you think, although you better respect the communication end and, and the naming end. Uh, it really is just more than anything, learning another language as it, as opposed to learning new ways to work and maneuver your body within a space. Uh, he'll be doing the same things within the framework of our defense that he's done that he did last week for the Dolphins, but obviously uh, it'll be called something different. Uh, understanding that it's not your decision alone, uh, did you have any qualms about sending a number one draft pick to Miami as part of the trade? No, not under the circumstances, you know, and, and we were really quite – transparent about that uh, and outlining it early during the week. Uh, we got a lot of football ahead of us. We got 14 regular season games. Sean Davis is down for the year. Uh, we feel good about our collective group. Um, man, we needed a player. Um, we were thin at that position anyway. We knew that coming into the season. And sometimes when you're putting together a 53-man roster, there's going to be a spot or two where you don't have the, the type of depth that allows you to be extremely comfortable. Um, we knew that going in, and then obviously with the injury to Sean Davis, man, you got a young man of this quality available um, in the very beginning stages of his career. Uh, you have an opportunity to partner him with someone from his same draft class. It's really exciting to think that you know we got two of the really top tier uh, safeties in that draft class having an opportunity to grow and grow together and, and play winning football for us was exciting. Today's opponent, the San Francisco 49ers, their quarterback has been Jimmy Garoppolo, has been sacked just once this season. I saw a stat where he's been pressured on only 9% of his pass attempts so far. Uh, how do the 49ers accomplish that? He's protected systematically um, the nature in which they play. Um, number one, they're, they're a really solid run outfit. Um, their misdirection passing game and their play-action passing game in a myriad of perimeter gadgets that they have, screens, reverses, jet sweeps, and so forth. All those things do is, is minimize opportunities to have a clear-cut rush, and they work really hard to stay on schedule. If you look at their third down reel in preparation for the game, not a lot of third down and longs, a lot of third and shorts. And so environmentally, he's not exposed to – 
pass rush situations the way that a lot of quarterbacks are because of their system of offense. And that's a challenge for us, to be quite honest with you. Uh, we we got to stone their running game uh, and put them in those uncomfortable positions, and we'll see if – if their protection of him is real or if their his ability to stay clean is real. Um, through two games, uh, they haven't been put in those circumstances. And really it can be reflected by the fact that they, I think they've punted the ball four times this season. And so um, that's another indicator uh, that they're moving the ball and moving the ball rather fluidly.